So angry about the Jews earlier. <laughs> well, I don't buy into this racialist bullshit. It's not the problem with the worst thing you can say about anything like that. Whatever group it is that you're demonizing for controlling the U.S. Empire mm-hmm. is that the U.S. Empire allows itself to be controlled by such fucking groups. Well, and. Yeah. So, like, it's like I don't blame people who choose not to work and fucking or work without telling the government and then claim benefits. It's not their fault. They're doing the right thing. That's exactly what they should do. If you can get away with it, do it. Yeah. Uh, it's the it's the fact that the structures exist for them to exploit. That's the problem. It's not the it's not their fault. I won't argue with that. Um, in the least, but uh, this topic we're talking about tonight, and we will obviously go through the whole story and everything, but it got me really angry. Um, and I, I think uh, that the, at least this specific incident, the uh, USS Liberty incident, is one of those things where you kind of can. I mean, I, I mean, sure, you could you could come at it from your angle there, where it's it's like, look, the structure is in place. This is not one of those incidents, really. This no, is kind well, of just well, a well, flavor. Is, but, I mean, like it looks like it's a CIA. It's an inside job, anyway, doesn't it? Really? Oh yeah, yeah. And um, and uh, also, uh, and we'll get into this, but uh, I mean, it's like you can say, you know, if you say nine eleven's an inside job, what you mean is that like the sort of evil the forces inside yeah. the U.S. government. I mean, they at the time. That book, uh, the new Pearl Harbor was written. Right. It was, they were kind of, it was fashionable to pin it on the Bush administration. But mm. we, you know, we know that it doesn't make any difference whether it was a Bush administration or, or the Clintons whatever. or whatever. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't make any difference. It's it's, uh, it's so the you know the, the CIA. It's got his fingerprints all over the USS Liberty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Or the NSA. But and, I do or, think, uh, and I again, a lot of this information I gleaned from um, this excellent, and let's let's start out here, excellent, excellent journalism done by uh, the people over at uh, Al Jazeera. Hello, Akapot. Yeah. By the way, I, after the, today, I've just, just you, full board decided I'm converting to Islam. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> might as well, uh, as... My point is, as blame the the Jews for manipulating the empire, you might as well blame Al Qaeda, because they're all just they're all the the U.S. empire is allowing itself to be manipulated by them for its own purposes, which is to keep the you know exactly the same with the Jews as it is with the with the the Muslims. I don't think it's or, quite the or same. Even the or even the Brits or or anybody in in that it's. It's purely just a means to an end to justify 
enormous overinflated military spending and keep these perpetual wars going. I, th- I, I come at it from a different perspective, and I think this also dovetails nicely into our uh, Rhodesian Empire um, th- theory. Um, but uh, I, I don't think that it's it, – I mean, it, it's just a bold-faced fact that the formation of the power structures in, along with Cecil Rhodes and, uh, you know, the Round Table crew, um, you can't discount the fact that they were very uh, prominent members of that circle who were very um, – who were avowed Zionists, like the like the uh, the Rothschilds, who basically financed Cecil Rhodes's initial De Beers purchase, and uh, so I would say I would say that the that the Zionist aspect of the Rhodesian Empire kind of uh, whole um, uh, cadre is one of the three heads on the Hydra, one of which being obviously the British imperialists and and later the American intelligence community. But there are also kind of imperialist forces that... Well, Zionism is imperialism. Yeah, but there were were similar forces that were behind the establishment of places like Liberia, but they just weren't as successful. Right. Well, yeah, there's the fact that... There's similar projects, and I'm sure those guys were were all on board with the formation of Liberia as well, because they had ostensibly kind of neoliberal attitudes. Sure. You know, even Cecil Rose, didn't he? You know, everybody's equal. I would say that Zionism in itself is a neoliberal idea. Yeah. Uh, Because one of its core tenets is the, you know, the... um, you know, the baking industry and uh, and uh, you know free trade, free trade agreements specifically. The baking industry. Yes, didn't you realize? Uh, you yeah, fat fuck. big pastry. That's a hell of a Freudian slip. I didn't hear it, but maybe you're right. <laughs> no, no, I, honestly, my senses are failing me. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, you said yeah, you see. had a very boomer moment before we started. <laughs> I can't see. Yeah, I you were fucking you you had were complaining about a lost password, and you took <laughs> off your glasses to squint at the fucking laptop screen, and it looked like a cartoon, like uh, like a like a convert, like you look like you fallen and you can't you couldn't get up. Yeah, well, the the listeners don't really get the full majesty of this, but I, I mean. I look younger than I am, mm. and and I yeah sure keep telling yourself that I, pal. I certainly I, <laughs> I, I, I sound younger than I am, I guess. Okay, because of the dumb shit that I say, but I'm not younger than I am, and there's one thing you can't be: it's younger than you are. <laughs> yeah, it's I, true. That is true. <laughs> it's entropically true. So yeah, I I woke up this afternoon and. Uh, because I'm back at work. I've been off work for 17 nights. How's the transition go, back? Oh, oh, it's murder. Absolute murder. I don't, you know, I don't have any problem with night shift in, the, in as much as I can sleep during the day just fine. Sure. No problem. Even, in fact, I sleep better in the day than I do at night. But just the fucking... It's like... I thought I didn't... I thought I quite liked my job, even though it's really dull. And I think, mm. you know, that, that is a plus of it, really. 
But it um, does allow your mind to wander when there's less exactly. uh, less pressing intellectual decisions, creative decisions to be made in yeah, the actual but, course of labor. Exactly. And but when I was um, having had all this time off, going back to it, it made me realize it really does stink, and I hate it. <laughs> it's it's like you know if you if you had to do. 10 years in prison by the end of the first three months you'd be fine with it sure no matter it's how it's an adjustment it was, period yeah yeah so it, it's like that and uh so i don't know I'm, I'm thinking about moving on to other things greener but uh well probably less green pastures but something yeah. that i actually enjoy doing and uh yeah but so in the meantime my two older daughters have moved out. Mm. Uh, well, not not totally moved out, but they're not here mm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it has its ups and th- this new domestic arrangement, which is me and the little one. Uh, it has its um, its ups and downs, and one of the ups is that I can when I go to work at night, I can I can restrict the movements of the cat. In fact, I'm now, for the first time in 20 years, in complete control of my domain. Really? So yeah, you're, can... you're hand celibate as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the uh, I, I installed a cat flat for the cat after I got it neutered. And right. it's got... It's been bringing... I mean, the other night, while I was still off work... The fucking thing brought three mice in and dropped them at my feet and tortured them to death while I watched. And you can't take Good the kitty. fucking, you can't take the mouse off it because if it, it might lose interest in it, and then you've got this mouse scampering around your house, reproducing mm. all over the fucking place. So I had to sit there and watch it eat a mouse, for starting at its hindquarters, going upwards, and then I say, oh, thank God that's over. It comes back in ten minutes later with another little bastard. So anyway, I thought right this. This ends here now. So I, uh, when I go to work, I leave the cat flap open, but it can only get into the kitchen. All the other, the rest of the house is now sealed off to the cat. So the first morning when I come in from work, I tread straight on a fucking mouse right in the middle of the kitchen. <laughs> in my bare feet. <laughs> but then the next night, she didn't bring any in. And tonight, she's curled up at... Uh, the little one's feet on her bed because there's no there's nothing comfy for the cat to sleep on in the kitchen right and i think it's got pissed off about that so it's like fuck this i'm not going out i'm uh i'm curling up on a on a bed while there's people here so you've broken his spirit her spirit yes i think so now it's, it's like a, ho- it's a house to- n or it's a house c well no it's out <laughs> all day now okay okay yeah but yeah, it's it's. Uh, we have to come to an. I have to come to an understanding with this cat that it's not cool to torture animals to death in front of me. I don't like it. No. I don't like picking up their entrails off the carpet. No, I imagine that's very distressing. So you have a. I, so is it like like a fucking? Is it like a fucking Beatrix Potter book outside of your house? And it's just like anthropomorphic small animals. It, it's uh, well, it's the countryside. We're surrounded yeah. by arable crops and uh, whatnot. It's, um, it's very, it's very pretty. We've got 
you could go you can kill any kind of animal within you know five minutes walk of my house there's fish right there's uh deer is there like wars between groups of rabbits and stuff i don't know (laughs) did you read that book do you read i think that's an english author right (laughs) The fucking uh, the 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 rabbits and they uh, they have the war. Fuck, it's like supposed to be about World War One. Is it Watership Down? Watership Down, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of always reminds me of Colin Kaepernick. Why? Because Colin Kaepernick looks like um, what's that actor called? The Jewish one who's uh, Ben Stiller. You J- think so? He looks like Ben Stiller got cast in the lead role in the in an Art Garfunkel biopic. <laughs> yeah, all right. You know, Jim Goad said that um that uh Colin Kaepernick looks like a tapir. A tap Yeah, yeah, I can get that. That's some kind of a anti type thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I always liked that. I couldn't get that out of my head once I heard that. And it just I imagine him crawling around on all fours licking up <laughs> anthills or something. <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah, but God yeah. bless him. He's doing what he loves. Yeah, God bless him. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about the USS Liberty, right? As we said before. I mean, this whole thing is against the backdrop of Vietnam going south as well. Right. That's another thing that I didn't like. I mean, I I intellectually understood prior to doing the research this week, but I didn't understand what the bigger picture was i guess because you got to imagine this is at the end of vietnam or not the end during the bad part of vietnam when things are really fucking bad um like prior to nixon coming and and withdrawing people too uh but um and 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 you'll uh, i again that al jazeera doc by the way i really recommend i think it's called um the day that israel attacked america it's called and it's very right. easily found on on YouTube. By the way, I also this is another thing that just fucking tickles me, is that on YouTube every single account, every single video about the USS Liberty has a little box underneath the video with the with the Wikipedia approved version of the history of it. <laughs> to be like, here's some context, because listen, yeah. listen, listen. You can't be, you can't um, be watching any unapproved videos about this very sensitive topic. And it's funny because even one of the videos that I watched was from the fucking BBC. Yeah, as if the BBC is gonna say something that YouTube isn't appreciate. It, it, sorry, it's British state media. I know. Yeah, <laughs> literally a mouthpiece of the same people who run Israel. <laughs> <laughs> um shit but um I mean, well we were talking about that earlier how the uh, social media like i started following an outlet called sputnik news on right. twitter or we did and uh every one of their tweets is marked is marked as uh you know warnings russian state media russian state affiliated media but like the bbc can I mean, it's literally masquerade as an unbiased news source. Yeah, yeah, and that's literally the state. I mean, like they used to call TASS the Soviet state news agency Mm. to sort of demean it, but the BBC is literally the British state news agency. So, like, 
I mean, and I'm surprised it's not worse than it is, to be honest. They, they do occasionally make good things. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, the to. the BBC documentary about the uh, USS Liberty, pretty good, pretty hard-hitting. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I saw that one. Um, I thought I'll be able to understand it because it's all like, yeah, one day there was this fucking motorboat. It was... <laughs> <laughs> it was driving along the fucking coast near near fucking Israel. <laughs> and anyway, these fucking cunts started shooting at it. <laughs> I'm going to be floating about. <laughs> Turns out it was inside job, mate. Cool, <laughs> blimey. Um. But, uh, yeah, so, again, this is the backdrop of this is, well, as we said before, uh, in, in the United States, the uh, the Vietnam War was going on, and the Americans were not interested in going to more war, understandably. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's kind of one of the things about this is that uh, the, the, it, the whole situation really put uh, the Americans, or specifically the Johnson administration, fuckers in uh, a pretty tight spot i guess uh caught between just think how good they could have made the world if it only if it if only it wasn't for we lazy peons not wanting to go to war i know right they could reshape it in a perfect way they could have just fixed it up just tickety boo by now couldn't they (laughs) it hadn't been for us lazy assholes just not wanting to go and get mown down by machine guns really though so uh ungrateful I know. Um, but, but that's uh, the missing element from Animal Farm, isn't it? That they didn't, they, they didn't get all the, the the pigs didn't get the chickens to go and get mowed down by machine guns yeah. to to make the farm next door better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's it called? But uh, again, another the other pieces of backdrop here was the uh, is was the six day war. Um, which was uh, Israel just kind of fucking, and also that other thing is, but, but I, 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 I'm to understand. I think they touched on this in that BBC doc. I'm to understand that uh, the Johnson administration told Israel, like, all right, I understand you're pissy about uh, the Egyptians are, you know, are, um, you know, g- giving you trouble on one of your ports. Uh, when I will do another episode at some point when we, yeah, because that's to- I didn't actually realize this, but Israel has a has some coastline on the Arabian. Yeah, the uh, what is it called? The Gulf of Hormuz? The, is it? Or, uh, yeah, well, it's a no, Suez. No, it's, can, maybe the Suez incident. No, right? it's not that. No, the, well, the, right. The, so the backdrop to this. All this Egypt shit goes right back to it was a big thing in British history. This because it, this was really when it became obvious that the British Empire was finished, which was in the early fifties. Right. So the Soviet influence over Egypt uh, was had grown to a point where Nasser nationalised the Suez Canal. So basically, by proxy, the Soviet Union was controlling the the, the Suez Canal, which is. A, Right, probably the most important waterway on Earth, and uh, because the Suez Canal, for those who don't know, means ships don't have to sail. Ships going from all the way around Africa. Yeah, they don't have to sail sail all the way around Africa to get to Europe. Right from from that side of the Gulf and from uh, well, from, yeah, from, they don't have to sail all that way to get from the Gulf to the Mediterranean, basically, because it's only a, it's not very far. 
but it's thousands and thousands of miles if you have to yeah, go around. Yeah. So, uh, and the British and the French got involved in that, and it was a total fuck up. And uh, so that was kind of why. Well, that was all the context in which Israel, uh, Egypt was a belligerent. And uh, but I, I never knew this either. That at the time it was it was known as the U- United Arab Republic. Yeah, it wasn't even called Egypt. Uh, no. Uh, well, because I I believe they were in in some sort of um, some sort of uh, agreement with the Syrians and right. uh, the Jordanians, and it was kind of like a larger pan Arabic group. And again, uh, they were kind of pseudo backed by the soviets but really if you think about that it's not even really like so much that the soviets had such a um such like an interest in the area so much as like they they were just backing the people who were against israel who we were with so it's just like they're they're doing they're doing yeah america and israel america uh, and israel yeah uh, yeah, you're talking who's the real proxy in there it's israel isn't it the proxy for the united states right so naturally, the the Russians, being a superpower, would back whoever is not with them. Yeah, um, it's all fucking infantile. It really is. I mean, <laughs> this is just what what. Also, you got you got to understand what time period this is. This is like right when we realized that the Cold War was going to be fought, what fought meted out in in proxy wars rather than in one fucking apocalyptic explosion, like everyone had thought for most of the fifties. This is and um, this is like how um you know these people who who engage in this this whole sort of structure and these highly educated people who play this great game of international affairs mm. and and it's like you know the 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 metaphor is always you know, it's like a you know it's like a grand game of chess 4D and, chess yeah but like people who think chess is a is a is interesting again yes it, it, there's no doubt it's complicated and there are many different strategies and and it's hard ways you know, it can it, shake out it's hard to understand and and you know it, you know you can be good at it it doesn't make it interesting mm. it's in it's in and of itself it's not interesting it's stupid you're just fucking moving bits of wood around on a oh, and furthermore there's a way for you to win in four or five turns yeah if the other person's stupid enough to fall into the very obvious trap, yeah. But that's but they're not going to, are they? If you if you, although, you I mean, know. some people do. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, um, I would because I don't find it interesting. Right. That's my excuse. That's why I can't play chess. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your out. All right. I see. How yeah. it is. But, Being but, a Jew, I was obviously instructed during my Bene Gesserit training that to to play. The grand game. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever played it in a park with an old black man with a white beard? No, I played with four old black men with white beards, and I went between uh, chess boards <laughs> like Bobby Fischer. All <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> Do you remember awesome. that? No. Oh, Bobby Fischer was this guy. Actually, this kind of dovetails nicely. I know who Bobby Fischer is. Oh he? yeah, well yeah. There's a movie of movie adaptation of his life where that's a famous scene where he's playing four games of chess simultaneously. Oh well, the, the whole Bobby Fischer thing was current events when I was a kid. Right, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, the famous Jewish anti-Semite, by the way. Yeah. 
<laughs> like you, who's an unfamous Jewish anti Yes, I'm a very... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. But it, uh, I know a little tidbit about uh, about Bobby Fischer is uh, he was on... Um, he called into... Um, I don't recall what radio station it was, but on 9-11 saying how America deserved it and that Israel did it and America deserved it for wor- for falling for Jewish tricks and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a funny clip. Uh, yeah, we should uh, we should dissect that at some point, maybe next next year with Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, well, Jeffrey's coming on next month. In a, uh, at the beginning of October on one of the Polish shows. Excellent. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, USS Liberty, though. Um, so that that whole Six Day War was going on. And also another Six Day War largely is what shaped the boundaries of Israel as we know them today. Yeah. Although um, this is where they acquired the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. And, um, you know, they were kind of told not to It's, it's <laughs> by the uh, Americans and the CIA. I don't think the CIA were very pleased with the way things went. <laughs> um, well, uh, this is or maybe they, they were. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But they, one way or another. They, well, On paper, they weren't supposed to be, though. Yeah, but they, I mean, they're, they're smart enough to know that they don't have to do as they're told because whatever happens, the U.S. will back them up. Right at the end of the day, where they're part of the team. If, if you get to, if you get to know that, it's like if you see a badly behaved child, you know it's because the parents have trained them to be that way. Mm, I'm not. That's true. You can't really blame the kid. But yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to liken them to children necessarily, but I'm just saying it's the same mechanism that you know they've they've found out what the what the limits of what the USA well they haven't they've yet to discover the limits of what they can get away with because they've never they've never suffered any consequences for anything have they mm. but let's let's say what we're talking about here which is the fucking this spy ship yeah was, NSA NSA uh I, it wasn't. It was operating under the uh, under the auspices of a U.S. Navy, naval endeavor, but it was staffed by many um, members of the NSA, and yes. um, a lot of, of them were actually even civilians. Yeah, well, the yeah one significant guy that uh, that guy's name was Blue or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, and a lot of uh, naval. Um, you know, a seaman who were, you know, their yeah. uh, their job was to translate different intercepted, uh, you know, pieces of intelligence. And uh, the the USS Liberty didn't was not an armed ship. Uh, it was not it did not have any sort of uh, war making uh, weapons on it. It was just a few 50 caliber machine guns uh, to say, like, if a pirate came and tried to board the ship or whatever. Yeah. It was not uh, it was not armed to fight, and it was very clearly obvious to anyone who had observed it. It's standard to have automatic weapons, even on pleasure yachts that are in ocean sailing, right? Or anywhere that there's a chance that some. It was international. It's, yeah, it was fucking international waters yeah, that they were Brit- in. Brit- British sailors who, because we're not allowed to have guns, but British yachtsmen who sail to. Who sail transatlantic will 
We'll stop in the Canary Islands and buy guns. Uh, Probably a wise move. For when they get to the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, you, you, you want an automatic rifle, so if some fast-moving boat approaches you, you just fucking sink it before it gets to you. Sure. Um how do we how do we how do we start this i mean besides the fact that the six day war was on and uh they were there uh listening um well, let's do it from the point of view of the crew who were sure on that's a good way because that that is what affected me emotionally the most by the way yeah so the, they were they were on a deployment just cruising uh north to south i believe down the coast of africa mm. mm-hmm. uh at like three knots just listening to everything now this is this comes in very important that this thing was just a bristling with air with antennae and it could that they could pick up anything on any frequency if anyone was transmitting anything they would hear it right and that that's why arguably they had- at the time one of the most advanced surveillance ships probably in operation well, it was the newest one in the U.S. Right. Navy at the time, so by definition, probably was the most advanced. Yeah, uh, and uh, she was she was cruising down the coast of Africa, and you know they were having a good time. They were just listening into what everybody was saying, and they had all kinds of translators and people on board. So, and you know, sending back what they found out to the NSA. So they were in touch with with the Pentagon. Uh, and then they got they got a message saying, "Right, fuck this. You need to go to uh, the Mediterranean. You need to go to the Mediterranean. There's a war going on, or there's about to be a war going on between Israel and Egypt. We need we want to want you to go and listen to all that. And when the, and uh, ostensibly, by the way, because uh, Egypt was, as we said before, um, allied with the Soviets. Yeah, and." So they went into li- to listening on the Egyptians, and as they, the the sixth fleet was in the area, but the entire sixth fleet, they could, this is according to the official narrative, the entire sixth fleet was told to stay at least a hundred miles offshore in the area. Uh, Crete, I think they were at, by the way. Yeah, uh, which is quite a long, uh, several hundred miles away from. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Israel. Stroke Egypt, and they uh, so, but allegedly the only ship that didn't receive this message, which was, which the official story is that all that all the ships, including the Liberty, was told not to go into the area. Yeah, but they just never received the message. This ship, which seems hear, bonkers on its face, because they're the the listening ship, the listening ship, who can hear everything everybody's saying. Everywhere, yeah. Except the message which is sent deliberately to them, bullshit. Right. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and also, and then, by the way, I don't even necessarily think that they were wrong to be th- where they were listening. By oh, the way, oh no, clearly they were ordered to be there. Yeah. And they, according to the officers, probably for se- somewhat good reason. I mean, like, yeah. I understand. Like, I'm not a big fan of the U.S. military industrial complex, but I understand that there are certain reasons why they might be wanting to be listening to what's going on during a fucking war between one of their biggest allies, our greatest ally, I should say, and their biggest rival. Absolutely. 
and uh, so I mean, that, I don't think their being there was irregular in the least, and I, and I don't think anybody did. Uh, and the uh, the ship had been spotted and circled by several Israeli aircraft. Yeah, they, in fact, the, they were they they noticed the crew members noticed that they were the um, surveillance uh, ship uh, planes. Yeah. Uh, that had mounted cameras on them, and they yeah. waved. I think. Yeah. The the well, all, everybody was sunbathing on the deck. Right. I know. Uh, that's another funny the, thing the, is that the how, old, what a shock glory. this must have been because their and their entire voyage thus far had been. They, I, I in the Al Jazeera documentary they mentioned that they were one of the only ships in the entire navy that had air conditioning. Because they had such um, yeah. delicate, um, you know, uh, instruments as far as the um, the surveillance stuff goes, which and, will have also given off a lot of heat, I guess, as well. That's true, but also, I in, in terms of as far as all the other ships in the entire navy, it was probably one of the most luxurious and relaxing ships to be yeah. on. Yeah, the captain. The, uh, well, I'll get to the captain later, but uh, so the 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 ship. Was spot. They waved at the Israeli. Mm-hmm. They felt, according to the crew members, they felt happy they felt to see safe. them because they felt safe. <laughs> the Israelis knew they were there and they were circling around them and keeping an eye on them, making sure they were safe from the Egyptians. Uh, <clears throat> and then what happens? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> those backstabbing kikes. <laughs> uh, they sent in. Uh, Two Mirage Three, um, I guess they're a bomber, not bombers, because that you know, not a bomber. They were kind of like a fighter with rocket capabilities and machine guns. French built. Yep, and um, oh yeah, they had. It seems like all the ships, all the planes they had were uh, were French built. Yeah, the Mistel and Mila Mirage. Well, um, it's on this day in history. In what year was it? <laughs> Uh, oh, I'll have to look it up. This, but it's uh, this this day that this episode. Oh, the goes day out. that this episode drops. Yes, you yeah. said it was a very funny little uh, coincidence. Yeah, it's the day that the French uh, French Assembly, uh, shortly after the French Revolution, whenever that was, a couple of hundred years ago, uh, seventeen something, wasn't it? Uh, they uh, voted to grant voting rights to the, the Jews. Hebes. <laughs> biggest mistake they ever fucking made um so yeah uh they started to rocket um the uss liberty and uh strafe it repeatedly with machine guns it had set several fires on the deck and uh yeah it went from being an almost idyllic scene of them like you said sunbathing on the deck to body parts strewn everywhere that's a big fly Daddy Long Legs. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, strafing repeatedly back and forth, um, uh, and and attacking the basically defenseless. Yeah, well, they they attacked the they they took out all the um, antenna first with right. Every single antenna was got totally fucked by forty milli, forty millimeter cannon fire and rockets. Right, and then to make sure that no one could go on the deck to fix them, basically they wanted it to be they wanted the ship to be quiet, uh, 
not be able to get a signal off. Sure. Uh, and then they napalm the deck. <laughs> napalm the fucking deck. I don't even know if that's that fucking technique has ever been used since or prior. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's a fucking rum do, isn't it? That. Yeah. The, the, uh, um, but somebody somebody did manage to get an antenna up. But sure. They, well, but also mention worth mentioning that they were also doing jamming. They were jamming yeah, any yeah, signals yeah. that went in on or off uh, the ship. And um, one of the crew members mentioned, oh, we knew at that point that they had to be an ally. Otherwise, they wouldn't know what frequency to jam our signals at. Yeah. Yeah. And well, they were just and they jammed the distress signals as well. Yeah. Which is against the Geneva Conventions, I believe. Yeah. So uh, but they did manage to figure out that once somebody climb one of the uh, one of the shittier. So somebody managed to jury rig an aerial, and they uh, they they figured out that just as the just as the planes were launching the missiles or the rockets, they had to stop jamming for a little while to mm. allow the instrument the the aiming instrumentation on the aircraft to work. Right, and and so they uh, they waited for the they waited to see the flash of the of the rockets being launched. And then they sent a distress signal, which was picked up by the Sixth Fleet. Right. But they, they um, had so, like a, a, a window of about six seconds or something to prob- get a distress and, and signal. And honestly, out. heroic six seconds those were. Yeah. Because uh, all those people probably would have died um, if those if they hadn't figured that out and gotten that signal to the Sixth Fleet. Now, um, in the Al Jazeera documentary, I heard the audio between the planes and the control towers yeah, and they verbally converse several times, confirming that it was an American vessel between yep. the control tower and the actual pilots. And um, and uh, it's funny one of the one of the code words um, that they used for saying "Are we going to blow this up?" was um, oh, "Fuck!" I think it was like, "Does he do do does he screw her?" Yeah, they said that, and then and then the control tower said, "Yeah, he goes down on her with napalm." Uh. <laughs> That's when they launched the napalm. Um, it puts lotion on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, another thing that it was a really nice day. Another little anecdote I heard from other crew members: it was a really nice day. So they decided for fun that they would fly the oversized American flag. It was like the parade flag. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so there's no fucking way that they didn't see the flags on the ship. <laughs> yeah, well, they, um, they, they they said they had three flags on board and they, they flew them all at various times and they right. all just got fucking machine gun to bits. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, what is the other thing that I wanted to say about what that was going on? Oh, yeah. So they got that oh yeah so yeah it, again the geneva convention say that you're not allowed to uh jam distress signals on a, like a citizen radio band um and they, uh they the next thing that happened cuz I, I mean it seems to me like the plan hit, uh, one of the one of the crew guys says well you know if it's an accident it was the best plot cuz the official narrative is that this was an accident a case right. of mistaken identity even though it has been it's been proven and admitted by the Israelis that they did identify the ship and it was on their tactical maps and they knew which one it was, but somehow 
it got taken off the maps by accident. Sure. And also, again, <laughs> the, that whole exchange where he goes down on her with napalm yeah. exchange kind of, yeah. you know, puts a little pin in that balloon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so the first step was the aircraft came in fast and managed to uh, and took out all their communications. Sure. Which and that because the next thing that was coming, which they might have communicated about, was three motor torpedo boats. Uh, yeah, actually, that was the other thing I was going to say. I forgot that's directly related to this. The um, the pilots asked the control tower if they should finish the job. And uh, the control tower said, no, leave something for the Navy to do. Right. <laughs> the way they talk about it is fucking sickening, by the way. It's disgusting. Well, no, could that, you've got to look at it in a military context. That's their job. That's what they do. I, mean, I they, know. Fine. But you just do what you tell. Yeah. You know. Except one side of this conflict are human and the other one aren't. <laughs> um, no, I mean, you know, you can't. You can't really come down on on military personnel for no. I'm not. I'm not so job. much. In fact, a lot of the uh, the crew members never really blamed the um, the the actual pilots and the people on the boat uh, either. They they yeah. do, but they do blame the intelligent Israeli intelligence. You know the the naval commanders, the fucking head of the navy, the navy, or sorry, the air force that authorizes strikes. First name is Shlomo. <laughs> for fuck's sake it's like a fucking cartoon <laughs> um and uh yeah another thing i saw in a little anecdote was uh there was a jewish guy on who was like a petty officer or something and when he saw that there was stars of david on the on the planes that were dive bombing the ship yeah, there was he no, started to I cry thought there was no markings on the planes no, that's that's been debunked partially oh, right. by the, that story. Actually, um, is that some that a Jewish guy on the boat cried when he realized his own people were trying to kill him? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's six million and one now. <laughs> <laughs> that many? Um. Anyway, um, what's it called? So, uh, so yeah, as you the- mentioned, the Sixth Fleet they scuttled ships immediately. Uh, or scuttled uh, planes to to respond to it Scrambled. because they did scuttled, scuttled means sunk. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Scrambled. Yeah. They mobilized several well, several they, planes. They, 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 with the torpedo attack. We haven't the the torpedo. Oh yeah, well that was going on simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, at least five torpedoes were launched out of the six that were. That the three boats have because they're one connected, boats, basically like a large launch yeah. kind of thing, uh, and only one hit. That was uh, what the uh, if if you recall on the we talked about the um, Gulf of Tonkin incident. That's what yeah. was missing wildly at the uh, at the and missing the boat with of- torpedoes is I think is what you normally do with them. Right, I think they normally miss. Well, oh, not one of the one of these connected and yeah, fucking blew yeah, a massive did, yeah. hole in the hull. Yeah, well, one um, out of five, and one was a dud or something, and didn't didn't even set off. Sure. And uh, so that that's what killed most of the people. Most of the people were killed below decks in the boiler room. Right. And uh, I mean, 
and then the 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 torpedo boats started machine gunning as well. Yeah, they started strafing, and they had um, specifically had uh, what's it called uh, armor piercing rounds in their machine guns. Yeah, and, and they were, it, it, they they were, were targeting the boiler. The boiler yeah. yeah, right. Which is actually a very smart thing to do if you're trying to sink a boat as opposed yeah. to just disable it. Um. Now, as we said before, they scrambled fighters uh, towards uh, the area in retaliation. And um, I'm to understand that they were n- nuclear armed at first. That's right, yeah. And uh, so, but they were heading for Egypt. Right, because they assumed, why would Israel ever attack us? Yeah. Um, it's obviously the Egyptians. Let's nuke Cairo. Yeah. <laughs> Which what the that that was the master Jewish plan, by the way, I'm convinced yeah. that was clearly what the play was, was that let's sink this ship, make sure no communications get out of it. The, obviously, the Americans will see this as an act of war and will overly fuck up the Egyptians doing our fucking job for us. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's what makes a lot of sense. It's it? fucking elementary, like and especially more more importantly, um, the fact of the matter was, was that the the Israelis at the time were actually uh, mobilizing their for They had moved all their forces away from the Sinai, which was where the main uh, theater of operations against the Egyptians was. And they were actually moving most of their military into the Golan Heights in Syria, which, by the way, Trump just gave them. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking 40 years or 50 years later, the Trump did what the what Johnson don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter who you vote for. You get John McCain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, no, but so it was it, it also like uh, it was actually a matter of strategic brilliance, arguably, yeah. If that if that had gone off, because that would mean that the entire front of the war uh, for the Israelis that they had left undefended because they had mobilized all their shit over in the Golan Heights, uh, the Americans would obviously take up the mantle um, in in Ur, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, the 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 White House got on the horn and recalled that they stopped the sixth fleet from sending any rescue mission initially three fucking three different because they went back after the first recall and they figured oh okay i get it they didn't want us to fly the nukes over fine we'll send back uh you know conventional weapons uh fighter uh you know attache and uh fucking we'll go back and johnson himself said hang on here's the quote it's this is the disgusting part. Remember, fair enough. You said before about how, OK, you can't really come down on the military guys for acting that way. That's how the military is. But um, he said Johnson ordered the recall with the comments. So this is the disgusting part. Johnson ordered the recall with the comment that he did not care if every man drowned and the ship sank, but he would not embarrass his allies. Yeah. He was a piece of shit. Fine. Say what you want about defending the fucking Israeli military guys. They were just doing their jobs. Fucking Nuremberg defense. But um, fucking Johnson, you know, I mean, like, if you want to ascribe any sort of nobility towards... I love how the, now they're like... I mean, I don't even like to... I don't even want to defend Trump, by the way, but 
like, oh, they make, you know, he's ruining the, the, you know, the, the nobility of the office of president (laughs) (laughs) where this fucking piece of shit who sits with his dick out in front of interns, by the way, and takes big, makes people come listen to him and come uh, tell him shit while he's taking a dump. Um, Fucking says this disgusting shit. That's a pretty baller move. I'm not going to lie. I already said earlier in the show that I... Information blumpkin. Yeah. (laughs) I already said I respected uh, George uh, George W. Bush for doing the Texas Chili... Texas Texas Chili Bowl or whatever the fuck it's called. But, um, yeah. So... um, so as we said before, uh, they the torpedo boats were trying to sink. I think they ended up uh, le- they ended up withdrawing at some point because they realized that the ship was not going to sail. Oh, this is what it was when uh, they re- when what they- what happened was when when the Israel Israelis realized that there was a rescue coming. They yeah. said, "All right, we're out of here. We're not going to get caught with our fucking dicks out." Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did. They, they clearly the plan was to leave no survivors because I mean they. They machine gun the life rafts, right? Oh well. yeah, that's another important. Uh, some of the some of the life rafts had, had got. I mean, they were already damaged. The ones that were in the water, they just the crew had jettisoned them overboard, and then they they got machine gunned. So it's like the 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 whole. Yeah, it certainly appears like the plan was this ship was going to sink with all hands. And right. no one was going to be able to tell the tale firsthand. It was going to be, first of all, it was going to be cut off from communications. Then it was going to be sunk. And no one was going to come to the rescue. I mean, really, yes. you're supposed to, if they were going by normal, any kind of normal rules of engagement, they would have, they would have hung around after to rescue survivors. Yeah. But no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it says here that um, that the Israelis claimed that they they signaled to the ship, "Do you need help?" and the offer was rejected. But I just don't believe that. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just think you're fucking There's, doubt. <laughs> there are so many. I mean, with all these things, there are so many videos on on youtube of these zero charisma or and every they're all government employees of some kind or another people who uh, are in the business of shooting down these conspiracy theories and, sure. and propping up the original narrative and that like they're so fanciful and they rely so much on kind of uh, ad hominem attacks on, on you know, you, these fucking nutters with their fucking conspiracy mm-hmm. theories. How mm-hmm. dare they think this? You know, it's like, that's basically, the, you can sum up all those videos by just saying, oh yeah, you're in case okay, if you believe that. This is what the, this is what the official You're story. anti-Semitic if you believe this. Yeah, no, this is the official story, so it's true. <laughs> I saw one, I think it was called, um, fuck, it was called like, breakdown or something and Mm. it was um the very first line was like in 1967 um you know blah 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 happened and uh and then it cuts to the guy who's readings who's reading this his face and it's the most fucking jewish face i've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) and he's 
And it and he, the whole video is him just going conspiracy theorist seize on this for to, to as an as an yeah. opportunity to to ascribe uh, you know evil intentions. Oh god, the, the, uh, is the guy is it, is it, uh, the the one I saw. The guy said uh, the relationship between the U.S. and the his his central argument was. The relationship between the U.S. and Israel has been so fruitful and so beneficial to the whole world. <laughs> what a Jewish way to look at it! <laughs> that anti-Semites will uh, seize. Uh, you know, this is one of the only bad things that's ever happened in the relationship between Israel <laughs> and the United States. So naturally, these anti-Semite conspiracy theorists uh, have gravitated towards it and have seized on it to uh, to illustrate their point. Yeah, oh, that explains it then. It is true. Uh, yeah, did. you're anti-Semitic if you think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it is funny too. One of the top comments was, "I came here just to get a quick rundown of what happened, and all I got was a guy being defensive for eight minutes." Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, shit. Um, anyway, uh, so. What happened next was uh, they were left there. The rescue eventually did come, and they uh, they escorted the ship to Malta, uh, where they de- uh, debarked the ship. Um, and the crew members had to go back onto the ship to kind of um, get their their crew their you know their fellow seamen out, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and they apparently. They were a. They were most of the people who had been on below deck were pulverized, and they were. They had to bring bring out their bodies in sixty seven bags. That's what it was described as, of loose parts. The, uh, oh happening. right, it's, yeah. Sorry, I've just got a message from our guest. All right, she's uh, she's coming. Maybe. Okay. But carry on. Well, I mean, I don't know where I was. Fuck. (laughs) Sorry. Don't look at me. Um, Don't look at me. I'm ashamed. uh, So so they were in Malta and uh, they spent, I want to say, like two days straight, 50 Maltese workers spent night and day trying to repair the ship, and they repainted it and made it look almost unscathed. Well, kind of. They did, I've, have you seen the pictures of it? it yeah. Was, it was a, a big, very, big they did a very Maltese job of it. <laughs> 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 they basically um, just welded... They, a big piece of metal onto the side. <laughs> they, every bullet hole got a bit of metal welded over the top of it and then painted. <laughs> um. But uh, they kind of, you know, they made it so when they were able to return home uh, that they were able to have a big photo op with a hero's welcome kind of thing. Yeah. Now, a couple of the things that went on behind the scenes were was that um, the New York Times uh, reported on this uh, on the 29th page. Yeah. (laughs) As opposed, I mean, like the Lusitania wasn't even a fucking American ship, and that yeah. what is what ostensibly got us into World War One, and that was on the front page of everything. But, it but had no, women and I, children on it. I think that was the thing with the Lusitania. All right, fine, but the, and it wasn't the, sunk by Israel. 
Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's really what it's about. Yeah. I mean, that, the thing, Johnson, uh, according to all accounts, was absolutely fucking furious about it. Yeah, which well, I mean, which doesn't mean I the CIA it. was. Yeah, you know true. I mean? uh, but that the uh, he was furious for exactly the same reason you are about the New York Times at that point, and then he was obviously ha- had his hand held a bit and a explained bit, yeah. to him that it's good that it's on page twenty nine, <laughs> Mister President, <laughs> because it um, doesn't matter. Don't you understand? Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I saw that in the Al Jazeera documentary they mentioned was that um, the head of uh, Israeli intelligence uh, came over to talk to Johnson and said, "Uh, listen, You're about to have a re- an election coming up. You don't wouldn't want us, you know, informing Jewish groups that you're an anti-Semite, do you? I'm not even bullshitting. This is the yeah. thing. So I, I, this is the thing that we were talking about earlier, and you were saying like, oh, blah blah blah. You know, the the powers there, so you can't really even blame the Jews for taking a crack at it. But this is an example of Jews, not like Jews in government or Jews in military or Jews in whatever. This is like, this is like people who donate to fucking people, uh, uh, Americans, Jewish Americans. They said the Israelis were threatening to tell Jewish private citizens to influence the outcome of an election. And that those Jews in America were comfortable having their Judaism come first before they're American. Well, you could say the same thing. What about the Irish? Yeah, but they're well, they not evil. Thing that- <laughs> <laughs> Again, we said this before the show. They don't run the banks. <laughs> they haven't built the-, the entire economy around uh, their their faithful extraction of, the of Irish usury. The di- Irish don't even run the potato business. The- <laughs> it's not because they're not evil. <laughs> I mean, that- yeah, they can't do much of anything. You're right. Yeah. I love them. But, like, I, I'm just, I'm not going to put my name onto anything anti-Jewish. I'll say be anti-Israel all day long. Sure. And it's not because I give a fuck if anyone thinks I'm anti-Jewish or not. I'm not. I'm not anti-Jewish. I mean, I was just reading a thing... Have you heard about this whole 1619 Project scandal? Yes, I have. What a, what, what do tell? That they've removed the central claim that the true founding was in 1619, and it appears they did it in December without saying anything. Wait, uh, no, I haven't heard anything about this. What I, I was under the impression that... Okay, go on. Let me... Fill me in. <clears throat> so... Uh, I read an article on the World Socialist website this evening. Okay. Uh, about uh, the sixteen nineteen project has updated all its written materials and its website and the New York Times article about it. Sure. To omit the claim that the true founding was in sixteen nineteen, and the and the reason being because it's not true. Uh, well, I know that they've done, but... it, they've done it in secrecy. So the whole, basically, evidence has come out that all, it's all race baiting, uh, and it's with the int- aiming at helping the Democrats win the twenty twenty election. 
And that this, okay. this is from the World Socialist website. Uh, and because they, I mean, they I mean the socialists the, are no fan of the Democratic Party. No, they've they've got exactly the same take as I have on this whole race shit, which is that it's just a way of dividing the working class. And that is, I mean, basically what's gone on with with the sixteen nineteen project over. It happened in December, but people have only just realised. Yeah, <clears throat> and it it's she's now going on. She's she's been on this dumb bitch who's in charge of it, who's from the New York Times, went on the um, went on the TV, I don't know today today or yesterday or whenever, and said that no no we never said it was about that that was just a rhetorical flourish, and then people have gone on the website to check up on it, and and did the wayback machine yeah yeah so like. Because that was what the whole story was about, wasn't it? Back back in last yeah. August when it when they launched it, and right, and that was the main thing of it. And so, oh, no, we never said that <laughs> with a straight well, face. The woke left would call uh, those the World Socialist website class reductionists. That's the term now. Yeah, oh, um, they, they probably call them far right racists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Nazbols. You know about that? Nazbol? No. Um, well, it's kind of like, it was kind of a, um, uh, well, are, are you may be familiar with um, the lo- Night of the Long Knives in the in Nazi Germany. Right. Uh, it was when the, when the Hitler faction of the National Socialists, um, NDSAP, um, ousted the left wing of their party. Right. Uh, and it was led. It was a you know uh, the the head of that uh, faction was this guy named Strasser, right? And uh, his kind of thing was was let's kind of ape the. Hey, oh, here's whoa, another whoa, thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I mean, it's all, it's also intersects with the fact that um, the the intersects. Soviet Union, the Soviet Union, the Russian Soviet Union was like largely a, a like nationalistic for russian people like russo yeah, like absolutely yeah. uh and and it, it was exemplified even further by the fact that stal one of stalin's five year plans was to move the russian speakers like the fair skinned russian speakers to all these stands yeah, and well, that, kind of what, gentrify that, them that's i mean the soviet union was Really, an imperialist power in the, uh, oh, in yeah. the old school sense of, uh, but they, as opposed to the, the British imperialism, which was kind of more mercantilist, as we discussed. Yeah, it was liberal. Excellent, excellent uh, Steve Conti episode. Uh, the Russian Empire is all about blood, and so they they Russify places. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in Estonia, which is. A uh, bit of a hot spot now for NATO, uh, mm. and I've got in a taxi in Tallinn, and the drive the dri- the taxi driver in Tallinn doesn't even speak Estonian; he only speaks right. Russian. He's Russian, yeah. Yeah, and it's, that's what's happened in Ukraine. That's why they've got these factions there because they've they they take when they colonize a place, they move loads and loads and loads of people in there yeah. and make it Russian. And that's that's how they operate. So yeah. I mean, if, that, you can't get and that's, more. That was like the, that whole problem with uh, where at the end of the Obama administration, there was that whole problem with uh, what's the name of that place? Um, 
the the little section of Ukraine. Crimea, that, Peninsula. Crimea, Crimea, yeah. Yeah, the British have a few problems as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, what's it called, though? I, I actually remember at the time getting into an argument with this guy I know who's very uh, tinfoil hat about Putin saying that, like, this is a fucking affront to, you know, the Ukrainian people or whatever. And I'm like, and I'm like, if you ask the people in Crimea, though, they're Russian. Yeah. So it's like, it's not so fucking neat. I know you want to eat up that CIA propaganda and be like, fuck Putin. He's literally, he's literally Hitler, but it's not so fucking, it's not so simple as, 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 you know, the, the great and noble NATO were breached. Well, it's like, the, you know, I mean, from a British point of view, there's a the whole thing of the, the Falklands conflict, which is almost unique in the sense of colonial wars in that it was sure. actually, in my view, justified i don't justify any any of the other ones nearly as much because nobody had ever nobody had ever lived on the on the falkland islands right Permit. no one really There'd had no uh, homesteaded it yeah, nobody had homesteaded it ever until the british did and it it was there was a dispute i believe there was a dispute over it between spain and yeah way back a dispute mm. between Spain, pre pre South American independence between Spain sure. and Britain, and that it was on those grounds that the Argentines took it, uh, uh, claimed it. Well, well, it used to be Spain, and we used to belong to Spain, so it belongs to us. Mm. So that was basically their claim for it, which is which makes as much sense as saying that the Canary Islands belong to like Morocco. Yeah, sure. They're full of Spaniards. I mean. Uh, I mean, I don't know about the history of the Canary Islands, but the, basically the only people who ever lived on the Falkland Islands permanently were these Falkland Islanders who were loyal to the Kind of similar to the whole Boer situation. Well, it's the opposite of that, really, because the, the people who lived there, there literally was, there was no indigenous population. The, the only people who'd ever settled there were these Falkland Islanders who were of British origin and swore allegiance to the crown. And... Uh, the British position was always, yeah, they can be part of Argentina if they want to, but if they don't, then we have a duty to back them up. And and much to everybody's surprise, they they did. So, mm. you know, but I forget why the fuck I was making that point now. <laughs> ah, it's all good. Away. It got away. Let's get back to the story at, uh, at hand here. Um, so uh, the... Uh, Americans had to had gotten home. They came back to America. I, I think a lot of them left the service. Um, they got the medals in secret. Yeah, they well. got. Yeah, that was going to say one of the things. Yeah, the uh, the 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 captain of the ship uh, McGonagall um, oh, got. got uh, what's that? Have you ever heard of an English humorist called Spike Milligan? No. He's written. He's written a lot of funny books, and uh, he was a. He was part of a. He was a radio and then TV personality, going from from like the fifties until his death in two thousand and two or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was it was a pretty cool guy, but <clears throat> he wrote. And I, I looked this up actually. He wrote a couple of books under the pseudonym William McGonagall. Which is the name yeah. of the captain of this ship. Yes. Right? Uh, these books were about military experience, his own military experiences. 
interesting uh, during the second world war and, and they were extremely <laughs> funny <laughs> and it's an unusual when name, did you write it? those books 1970 early early to mid i think 72 or 75 72 and 75 i think he so knew. it's after this so <laughs> it's a coincidence isn't it <laughs> It's a coincidence, <laughs> C-O-H-E-N, coincidence. Yeah, but Google Spike Milligan, is, this book's pretty funny. He wrote a book called Adolf Hitler, My Part in His Downfall by William McGonagall. <laughs> oh, man. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. Um, so, Oh, no, uh, actually, no. That, I think William McGonagall was a... No, it was uh, Hitler, My Part in His Downfall by Spike Milligan, but it had excerpts of poetry he had like he made up a poet who he quoted in his he made up this poet called william mcgonagall who he po who he quoted in his book that's okay. what it was yeah um but anyway william mcgonagall he got he was awarded for his actions during the uh, incident uh the congressional medal of honor uh, which is the highest medal you can receive in the armed forces of america and um, it is traditionally, and is this, this is the only instance in all of American military history that this award was given out not by the president. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, but he took his shackles to keep quiet about it. He sort of, the, I, I believe, they were all told not to speak and never to speak right. of what happened, weren't they? And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm, most of them, I think, actually, argue, I, I think all of them received a Purple Heart. It was uh, th about 320 out of 380 did, I think. Okay, well, they all should have gotten it. What the fuck saying, were those? <laughs> they were black. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sorry, like you darkies. Wonder, if you're one of the 40 guys who didn't get it, you're like, what? They must have <laughs> what just did I do wrong? They were the Jews. They must have just hid under the bed <laughs> or something. Um, but yeah, all of them were told, uh, don't ever, don't ever speak of how you got this. Yeah. And uh, one of the guys was like, I... Uh, to be fair, you know, though, if, took... you, if you were picking up chicks with your purple heart, that would be the best thing to say anyway, wouldn't it? Oh, this. Yeah, yeah I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't I can't tell talk you. about this. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's classified. <laughs> <laughs> You should see where I got injured. Yeah. I'll show you if you're lucky. <laughs> um, but I, so yeah. And, you would, if yeah, you were a chick, though, you'd just think, uh, yeah, he bought it from a charity shop. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't think that those uh, go. I've engraved one before, yeah. but I, I've, I don't think that those are very often like sold or, you know, uh, I guess I'm sure a certain number of them were pawned. I think but, uh, I would have thought what happens after the guy dies? Sure. Yeah, if the guy. I mean, ends your, up your a, kid gets it or whatever. Yeah, your kid's probably a fucking meth addict or something. There must be. Well, they're only made out of pewter, so it's not like it's worth a lot of money. It's, it's worth something because it's hard to get, isn't it? That's the point. I suppose, yeah. Same reason gold's worth something. Gold only has any value because it's hard to get. I mean, it now has value uh, for industrial use. Yeah, but, you know, so is pewter. Um, yeah. I mean, in terms of like... Uh, it's only a high value because it's hard to get. It's not... It's limited right, supply. It's not... And it's only limited supply because it's... 
This is right. Libertarian topics. This is my thing with hard money, right? Mm. So with gold, there is a you know the supply of gold onto the market is controlled by something like De Beers, isn't it? It's it, you know the extra- kind of. extraction companies have got cartels that that prop up the price of gold. So like, if what is a real the only real it's almost Marxist, really. Like, it almost brings you back. If you start thinking along those lines, it, it can bring you back to the sort of labor theory of value. That mm. if what really is value, because gold ain't it, not really. It's only because no. everybody says it is. It's a store of value. Yeah, but only because only because everybody says it is, and because it's artificially hard to get hold of. I mean, it is right. fairly Actually, hard to get hold of. But true. It, uh, what's it called, though? I I, I mentioned during the uh, Des Latham episode that I'm reading um, Tragedy and Hope and uh, and um, Carol Quigley mentions uh, uh, largely what a, a big part portion of the part I'm reading now is like how the development of the liberal kind of like the whole development of the profit motive driven economies worked. And uh, he mentions that the bankers kind of bankers kind of were the ones who created the the um, the the gold use for uh, like a mode of exchange because they benefited largely from the idea of uh, for the fact that they were storing the gold. So they felt that having that that, that in, a good way to manipulate the economy would be to have money be worth a lot, yeah. and the services be as little as possible. While meanwhile, the producers, the industrialists, they do the opposite. They want money to be worth almost nothing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it is kind of like one of those delicate balances, and you know, obviously, uh, Ludwig von Mises said it best was that uh, you know, um, an economy is just people acting rationally mm. but and if we're talking about the real value of gold right right which is you know intrinsic it, to the history of israel yeah i guess it is really <laughs> but this is like I, I i mean i don't understand cryptocurrency but if you have one no. if you have one such as bitcoin that has a hard limit on how much of how much supply there can possibly be in that like because let's say somebody could tomorrow find 10 billion tons of gold mm. 10 feet that would destabilize somewhere. most world yeah, economies so then, well would it so then what's the value of gold then oh. if somebody finds it just under the or what if an asteroid? Oh, people like, are saying now that they're going to start strip mining, uh, strip mining uh, like asteroids and stuff. Yeah, because they're rich with with that kind of stuff. Yeah, rare metals. But even so, let's say in theory, what if Cecil Rhodes had found ten billion tons of gold, relatively easy to get to, then he he wouldn't have put it on the market, would he? Because it would have made all the rest of his gold worth less. Sure. Well, that's what he did with diamonds. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, where, but you've got someone that is capable of control then. But whereas with Bitcoin, as as I understand it, the 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 supply, yeah, is still in an expansionary phase at the moment. But ultimately, mm-hmm. it has a hard limit on how many of them they can. It's ever finite. Be. Yeah. So in a in that sense, it's a better store of value than 
anything else. It's better store value than gold because it is finite. Or, and well, you mentioned before the... Strictly limited. Sure. And you also mentioned before the labor theory of value, if you wanted to even kind of play that into it. Um, the way that Bitcoin is mined is uh, like a collaborative effort yeah. on the ter- on the parts of um, many different computer systems working together to quote unquote mine the Bitcoin. And uh, the participants uh, who uh, use their, you know, their processing power to mine the Bitcoin uh, are given a uh, given a portion of that Bitcoin in direct proportion. Yeah, a bit of it (laughs) in direct proportion to the amount of labor, quote unquote. But in this turn, in this case, it's processing power that they contributed to the creation of said Bitcoin. Right. But I still don't get it either, man. I don't understand it. <laughs> I, I do understand well, it. And this I understand is what this... the big concept of it, but I don't sure, know how sure. to do it. <laughs> Me either. And also another thing I is, um, I think a lot of people... I Skype link to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. And you have to squint up to the fucking laptop screen. You're taking your glasses off, <laughs> Grammy. That's a shit one eye. But I think the problem with Bitcoin is... Um, very uh, apropos topic. We're talking about finances in the Israel episode. Um, but uh, I think the problem, a lot, big problem with people using Bitcoin is a lot of people, they saw the potential to kind of day trade with it. Yeah. And everyone thinks that that's the move with Bitcoin is as like a speculative thing. And it's just not. No. It, 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 it's literally in the paper that the guy who created Bitcoin wrote was, no, this is supposed to be a mode of exchange. And frankly, Bitcoin is for one thing, buying illegal shit on the Internet. Well, and it is a store of value just because it's just because it's totally finite. But it's for buying shit on the Internet. Yeah. 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 Digitally, you know, illegal shit where you don't don't need a paper trail getting back to you. But you can't. I mean, there kind of is a paper trail, isn't there? You can you can obfuscate it, though. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I possible think, to be paperless. It's pop possible for you to obfuscate any prying eyes into your transactional history. I I, I think um, Bitcoin is. Um, I think it, it is definitely the future. It's just not the future for me yet because I'm too stupid and old, and yeah. I can only see out of one eye at a time. I can see out of either eye, but not both at the same time. So it's like you're drunk all the time. Yeah. You did that thing. You do that thing when you're driving. You close one eye because you're seeing double in the other one. <laughs> drunk driving. It's probably when you uh, close shit. one eye and you're still seeing double. Oh no! <laughs> I'm seeing four. I'm seeing two <laughs> double four crusties. Better do another bump. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, so I guess we could call it there. Uh, I didn't get as, I didn't get, I didn't, you didn't allow me to get as fired up, uh, at my anti-Semitism as I had intended to, but maybe that's for the best. I mean, Christ, I get, the Jewish co-host, and I have to be the one saying, hey, cooler with the anti-Semitism. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I have the fucking license to do so. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> somebody's got to say it. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, one other thing before we go uh, about that is that um, the Israeli intelligence um, 
let Johnson know that it, everything would be cool because they would instruct their friends in the media to bury the story. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said they said it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, uh, from researching the nine eleven episode, it's like it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, it all is. I know. And there's like a through line from the from the USS Liberty to. I mean, I can't even think of it. It was 9-11, everything else. Yeah. It's all, I mean, and like, you can't talk about it to anybody because they just think you're a fucking crank. And I'm not yeah. a crank. Like, I the, I think watching some of those um, films about 9-11, there's one that was, a, a, I don't know if we, I think we talked about it on the show, is a guy giving a lecture about it in front of... And he, he was, it was in that era where he was talking about the goddamn Bush administration, you know? Sure, and yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the Remember whole, that? Remember when things were so simple yeah. and so so neat and you could just go, God damn that Bush family. Yeah. God damn that oil. The hall, the hall was filled with kind of white-haired ex-hippies who are probably if they're not already dead they're probably uh, they've probably got a fucking Hillary Clinton bumper sticker on their car right now you know <laughs> yeah. it's like liberal boomers yeah it's just I mean don't get me wrong I think the guy was right about everything Except yeah. the big picture, it's like a, one of the th- things about Cecil Rose is saying, "Oh, he didn't, he didn't achieve his dream." Well, I think he did, posthumously, sure. and it just was slightly different. You know, the plan never mm. survives first engagement, and that, these people they get who get, I know, like Dave Smith gets fired up about it all the time, or he used to when I used to listen to him about how uh, the. Um, Speaking of Jewish fucking uh, subterfuge, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> distractions. How how the left's only anti-war when the right's in power, and the right's only anti-war yeah. anti yeah, yeah, when the left's yeah, in yeah. power. So, but like, it's uh, that kind of division. It's the same as a racial division. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to get PC point. I don't give a fuck about being politically correct or not upsetting people. I just don't want to say something that I, that I don't want to seriously say something that I don't believe. You know, I'll do it for a joke. Mm. Uh, and it's all about keeping people divided so that they can rule us. And like, if you're, if if, you, oh God, Jesus, not to sound like Gino Visconti, but if if you, I don't know. In fact, it's no. I'm sounding like Luis J Gomez now. If you, if you like hit your wagon onto a political movement or a political party or uh, a, even a nation or anything like that, you, you're just being fucking used, especially if it's your race or somebody else's race or what politics they have or whatever you believe. Like, I've just quoted an article from the World Socialist website. I don't, you know, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not a socialist, but they're arguing... They're right sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, it's getting so that the sort of... Extreme anti-socialists such as myself and extreme and hard hardcore socialists are seeing things the same fucking way, and it is that this 
even the idea of socialism versus libertarianism is largely it's just being used to divide people now do you know what I mean it's like we're not expected to agree with each other yeah as long as we don't agree with each other it's fine it serves the interests of the of the elite but yeah. we should be, all be looking for areas where we can agree that yeah this is bullshit and you don't have to come up with a theory to explain it it doesn't really matter what the theory whether you're right or wrong about your theory to explain it what matters is that you can see that it, it's bullshit I mean here in England uh, Boris Johnson's just declared martial law yeah, I but, saw something yeah. about that. In what in what capacity? Uh, the army are going to be authorized to help police enforce coronavirus restrictions. Okay, I mean, how does that even shake out? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I, I can't look into it because if I do, I'll have an embolism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to try and forget about it. But I mean, I, I, my son's in the army. He hasn't been mm. to work since March. So, mm. I mean, <laughs> the army's off work because of fucking coronavirus. Yeah, but they're going to come in and stomp in and fix that, what make everything right, just, blokes. I don't know what they're supposed to do. I guess what they do when I, the fire, when the firefighters go on strike, they bring the army firefighters in mm. to fight the fires. That's, that's a one-to-one. Nice. That, that clicks. That makes sense. But I guess, I mean, I guess in days of yore, if there was, I don't know, something that the police needed to do, the army would come in and take over the day-to-day stuff and let the police do the nasty business. Do you know what I mean? Just to be extra sure. bodies. But the police don't do anything anyway, so like, I don't know what that would be. I don't know. The yeah, army, or at least not where you are. The army would have to just come and sit in an office all day and uh, look at look at revenge porn that had been sent to them in criminal complaints <laughs> smoke cigarettes drink coffee <laughs> but is that isn't that is doesn't that seem like the fucking modus operandi anyway for as far as these fucking goofy interventionist you know fascist regimes like i heard recently that uh the british government's thinking about going to negative income or no sorry negative negative interest rates, uh, yeah. negative interest rates yeah, yeah. Uh, which was uh, implemented in 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 Japan already, so it's it's there's a working, uh, you know, it, there's a working example of it of it happening. Yeah, they've managed to but keep their make... depression going for nearly thirty years now with those sort of yeah. tactics. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> very much. Hey, but get free but also, I was going to say, <laughs> true. <laughs> no, but isn't that doesn't that just the fucking modus operandi though? It's like okay, great. So now the military is involved. Now we have a way to pay them to do more of nothing. Yeah. And we have the negative income tax, or sorry, I keep saying a negative income tax. The, we have the fucking negative interest rates in order to keep yeah. printing so money. So the more you pay them, the less it costs. It is a global reset. That's what it is. It's yeah. a reset. So we're basically, the army's being called in just so that it's there ready for when the real shit goes down. Because this, it's not about any kind of virus. I mean, I had the mumps when I was 10 and nobody even called the police, let alone the army. Yeah. That was very, that was very anti-science of them. Yes. <laughs> they do not fucking love science. I was, that a, is just I was allowed shame. to have mumps. I wasn't arrested. Uh, the, there was the, no planes were scrambled. 
So, it's, <laughs> no, thank God we have no a strong No USS Liberties were sunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this ain't about fucking disease. Yeah. This is about I, getting the army on the streets. Uh, yeah. To, I mean, whether the army will do it or not is another matter. True. You, yeah. I mean, I think politicians often have, let's face it, Britain is now fast becoming a sort of tin pot dictatorship style mm. cartoon fucking economy, a, a country. And like, I think there's a real danger of overestimating the loyalty of the of the armed forces to the government and underestimating, yeah. underestimating their loyalty to the people of the country <laughs> but same things ha- i mean same things happening here i was just gonna say uh to that whole trump saying that the fucking dead soldiers were losers and shit the fact that the department of defense um you know the uh confirmed that that story was in memos or something was kind of to me was a message from the armed forces to be like trump we don't got your back yeah uh, that's how i took it not that i mean to me that's not the fucking worst thing but that said um one thing before we go i did want to say was i just thought how symbolically perfect that um Israel sank the USS Liberty. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's the first thing you notice, <laughs> isn't it? And then you forget. It's so heinous that you forget about it. But you know, yeah. you think, fucking hell. And, and like, yeah, they love that. Really they love that symbolic. symbolic shit. It really. Well, I, I don't. I mean, the the, I, the, I think the fucking a, intelligence agencies. They love that stuff. Yeah, but it's. I, I'd put that down as a co- just a happy coincidence. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure they didn't get to. Che- I did, I'm sure they didn't plan it. But, oh, well, yeah, we could send the USS fucking Kitty Hawk. Dick suck. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, no. let's send the Liberty. That, Dick Goyim. sucks nearer, but let's send Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, check us out at historyhomos at gmail dot. Uh, sorry, check us out at www.historyhomos.com contact us at uh, historyhomos at gmail.com uh, you can follow us across all social media and twitter at historyhomospod you can follow me on instagram at scott lizard abrams william promote homosexuality to your children later almost the world but this light is not for those men still lost in an old black shadow won't you help me to believe that they will see a day
Must.